Oh, wait, wait. Oh, oh. That's okay. You- cool. <laughs> um, okay, we're back. And uh, today we're joined by a very special guest, um, Yana of formerly of Hate Fiction Podcast. How are you, Yana? Hi, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. Yes, yes um, we're so happy to have you. Yes, how was your day? It's uh, it's dinner time for you where you live right now. Uh, right, yeah, it was a pretty nice day. Um, <laughs> I went for a walk, went to a museum. It's cool. Ooh. It's really warm. Yeah, we're going for like a heat wave right now, so it's quite nice outside. Wow. What was, was the so- museum? Yeah. Uh, it was a contemporary art museum. Well, the only one we have here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had like a new exhibition of this like super famous Estonian artist, which means that only like five people know about him. It's like a super cool. small country. Um, but yeah, it was quite nice. I don't even remember his name anymore. So I wouldn't even be yeah. able to tell you who it was, but it was yeah. a nice <laughs> exhibition. I like the museum. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. So um, I had a pretty nice day. Are you allowed you guys to say, doing? oh, Excellent. We're we're just here. Yeah, we're vibing. <laughs> we're honestly yes. It's a Saturday. Um, I'm uh, mildly hungover as usual. Josh, <laughs> I I got I tried a new moisturizer last. Yes, night. Josh's moisturized. Hey. And I think so. I got it too close to my eyes, and so my eyes have been like watering all day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those moisturizers because like some moisturizers you you can't put people don't understand like you can't really put eye cream on your mm. actual like below your eyes mm. necessarily you have to like put it on the your cheekbone so I think it's a common mistake definitely <laughs> do you um, guys buy the whole eye cream thing because I read somewhere that there's no real difference between the formula and like regular moisturizers and eye creams so I've been super against eye creams I've never actually used one do you guys I, buy it I barely moisturize like I just wash my face and that if if that like that's I just do the bare minimum I use um La, La Roche-Posay um the really kind of watery sunscreen that's what I use to moisturize but other than that I just use their face wash and sunscreen sometimes and that's it it's like everything else is like a scam to me and my <laughs> Fair enough. In college, I used to use those like eye roller pens that you would put like down below. And that was feel nice. Yeah. Yeah. That was so refreshing. I really enjoyed that. That sounds (laughs) bougie. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Ever since. Especially for college. I know. I've fallen out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Yana, are you allowed to say what city you're in? Um, Oh, yeah, totally. I'm in Tallinn, Estonia. Um, it's my home country, but I've barely ever lived here. So it's kind yeah. of nice and interesting to be back home. Um, yeah. And have you lived like, um, where have you lived like most of your life? Um, you kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born here. Then when I was little, my family moved to Germany. We lived there mm-hmm. for a while. Then we moved to Russia. Then we moved back here for a bit. And then I moved to London for university. Mm-hmm. And now I'm back here. So it's kind of all over the place. But I went to international schools. So hence the accent. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's kind of my background. I'm a yeah. very culture kid. That's cool. Yes. But you have, um, I mean, it's nice to have like friends kind of all over the place. Do you like keep in touch with friends from different countries you've lived in? Um, 
Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, <laughs> sort of. I mean, it's hard, you know, yeah. like it was easier over COVID and stuff. It was actually kind of interesting because everyone started like talking again and stuff because everyone was just like at home. But now mm-hmm. it's a bit more difficult. But yeah, mm-hmm. we make it work. Yeah. So it's an interesting way to grow up. I'll say yeah. that. And Definitely. you just wrapped up your podcast, Hate Fiction, which I did an episode on. We talked about Perks Being yeah. a Wallflower <laughs> and Sad E Boys. Um, mm-hmm how do you feel post podcast? <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't think it has like quite registered yet. Um, I guess it's nice. Cause now it just feels like I'm like having a break from it, you know, cause mm-hmm. I was doing it for, I'm not even sure, like a year, a bit over a year, mm-hmm. like every week and stuff. So it was quite I think you like started a right schedule. around when we started too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you started before me. I think like a couple of weeks before me. Because I remember I was yeah. talking, you were telling me about your podcast. And I was like, oh, yeah, like I'm thinking about it as well. And then I started one like pretty much like a couple of weeks after. So I guess you inspired me in a, in a I sense. Doubt that, but thank you. Yeah. We, but we were part of the same wave of yeah. like the podcast. We were, yes. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, yeah. we're like sisters. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah, sister pods. Yeah. I guess the thing with my podcast is that I always kind of envisioned it like a two season uh, project mm. and then I wrapped up the second season and I ended it because I never really saw myself doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so my approach, I guess, was a little different from like most people in this niche, I, I which like I have that. utmost respect for. Yeah, oh. I actually like that because it's sort of like doing it uh, season by season, it makes it more sort of project-based and sort of takes the pressure off a little bit. I guess I never even thought of that because like, we're just like balls to the wall. It's just like something that like keeps going and going and going. And I'm like, I guess it's, I guess we're still doing it <laughs> today. So, um, but wow, well that's, and it's nice to sort of have like a, a project that sort of exists on the internet or, you know, is filed away somewhere that exists as like a standalone thing and operates and exists in its own contained world um because it has like a beginning and end almost like like a story a little bit um yeah that's, definitely that's cool. nice um and I mean, I'm, I think all podcasts. Oh, sorry. Sorry no, for go ahead, please you. Go ahead. No, I do that a lot. Go. I like interrupt people all the time. Oh, me too. But, um, I'm so yeah. bad at it. <laughs> um, no, but I was just going to say that I think, I mean, all podcasts kind of have like a narrative arc in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, I guess like having a, a short-lived podcast is kind of like prestige television because like mm-hmm. I had two seasons. I wrapped it up. I'm like yeah. done with it. But I think like truly podcasts should be like a long term project mm-hmm. I think it works better in that form so I have utmost respect for people who like do it for a really long time and oh. your podcast was really like doing the lord's work because you were uh exploring like the fallout that tumblr created in the culture yeah I mean it was oh. very personal like it mm-hmm. was very much a personal project because it's mostly mm-hmm. really about like my own influences and sorry my boyfriend was his vape back <laughs> um um it was kind of, I was kind of exploring my own influences and like aesthetic um yeah aesthetic uh, sorry your memories in your formative for a... your formative yeah. years yeah I was a a corny like tumblr girl as well like I didn't post I obviously like, reposted but um I yeah. spent a majority in high school I spent a lot of time on tumblr um not really uh, like talking to other engaging with other 
blockers, mostly just sort of gazing <laughs> a little bit. Uh, yeah, sort of kind of navel gazing a little bit and um, just saving a lot of different uh, files in my computer and filing them away for no reason. And I have, right. uh, yeah, a small collection of Tumblr blogs that are probably still in existence that are floating around on their internet somewhere and haven't been touched for like seven years, which is so spooky. Um, Cause there is sort of like, yeah, like they're like ghosts of my past a little bit and I don't have right. access to them. Cause the, if I could get access to them, I would have to use like my college email and I don't know my password too lazy to like go back into those archives or try to figure it out. But I don't, I don't admit, you know, I don't even want to look at that. Honestly, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, Oh God. Um, no, for sure. I mean, Tumblr is kind of like a graveyard now. It anywhere. is. I mean, some people would disagree. Like that was the funny thing. Like I started this project wholeheartedly believing that like Tumblr was dead, you know, mm -hmm. no one was on there. It was just something we all did when we were kids. But then I started like having people on who were like still on Tumblr and who were mm -hmm. like famous on Tumblr. And I was like, oh, yeah. wow. Like <laughs> I didn't know there was a thing. <laughs> it's still thriving. I think once it got bought by Yahoo, I believed. Uh, it just ceased yeah. to get better. The platform just ceased to improve and um, become more user friendly. And there were never any like additional features that were rolling out. So um, I think, yeah, now people who use it, it's the same kind of serves the same kind of function. It uh, just reflects uh, what what's popular right now. Um, I guess we're, young people use it. I, I don't know who's using Tumblr, I guess, right now still young people i guess not i mean not me but i when i was in high school i used yeah. tumblr uh mm -hmm. to find my broadway bootlegs yes yeah. also there i there was one tumblr <laughs> that i loved that was like dedicated to uh fiero from wicked mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my god in his, in his tight white pants like that, that was the whole like dedication of that of that tumblr yeah. and i i absolutely loved it but uh yana you were also a, a theater kid weren't you um, kind of, not really. I mean, I'm not that like um, knowledgeable, I guess. Like as I was re-watching Glee, can I introduce the topic? Am I allowed oh, yes. to? This oh, is yeah. actually a perfect oh, segue yeah. because yeah, Tumblr yeah. was like yeah. a huge, uh, a perfect platform for um, Glee. the, the yeah. Glee, the Gleeks, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But as I was saying, like, yeah, as I was re-watching Glee and everyone seemed so knowledgeable about theater and like Broadway mm -hmm. and stuff. And I really wasn't like, I mean, I... Like I stage managed and directed a couple of plays in high school. You know, I was a theater kid in spirit in a sense that like I liked attention and I liked yeah. um, <laughs> talking. Yeah. <laughs> Although I never acted. I've never been into acting. I was, yeah, I was just a theater kid in spirit. And yeah. um, I enjoyed bossing people around. It's actually really funny. There's this one episode of Glee where they're like doing like a Christmas special for the local channel channel. And then Artie is directing it. And he's like, I found my passion is just bossing people around. And that was basically me. Like I Perfect. did not know anything about theater. Mm -hmm. I just liked, yeah, <laughs> telling people what to do. Yes. Because it, it gives you sort of a short term experience of what ownership feels like. I feel like the experience to allow someone to like direct or like tell someone where to go or what to do. It's like putting so much with a great power comes great responsibility. You know, it, it almost <laughs> kind of um, is a uh, test, test your, test your limits and allows you as a young person to sort of test the waters of uh, the impact you can have on people. Um, but were, when did you like 
start watching Glee, I, I guess, <laughs> like, um, with the, wouldn't it like, because I started watching it, uh, like, at the first season, um, it was originally supposed to be like, from my perspective, I sort of like approached it as like, oh, it's a adult show for adults, um, with adult humor. Um, and it's to me, I was like, oh, this is very campy and it has really good, like snappy writing. Um, but what was like your experience within the first season, I suppose? Um, I think I started watching it when I was like mm, 11 or 12 or something. And I came to it through um, American Horror Story that was really popular on Tumblr. Mm, so I guess Tumblr yes, ties into all of this true. as well. Yeah. And I remember like I was a huge fan of the first American Horror Story season. And then I was like researching Ryan Murphy and like his other projects and stuff. And yeah, I came across Glee. And I watched it. And I guess to me at the time, like it did seem like a kid's show because I didn't really understand mm -hmm. how ridiculously campy it is, how ridiculously over mm -hmm. the top it is. And I was just like, oh, it's about teenagers in high school. Like, right. mm -hmm. yeah, just like, you know, just like all the other shows. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, like rewatching it now. And it's just, it's crazy. It's insane that it, it's allowed to exist. <laughs> it's yes. a very strange psychedelic experience. And my initial thought, you know, reviewing it at this time in my life, I really kind of look at it as sort of an uncanny valley situation. I think mm -hmm. down to the editing, the script, the characters, everybody's gesticulations and like movements, it, they, the characters are so unhuman and so close to being like cartoonish it is almost frightening how much kind of like human-like the actors and the characters are, but they don't feel like real. They feel like these like moldy, like gumby, um, cartoony, <laughs> like melting, like melting away uh, right. characters um, that, and, and also it feels like you're on crack because the, <laughs> the script is so like uh, slapsticky, but it just never stops. It's like a very sticky, like, punchline after punchline after punchline and um which is like very uh it's a very it's a huge like ryan murphy thing to have that sort of uh script but man with all those things combined i uh it really like takes you back and makes you think like why did, <laughs> why was this popular because it was a huge huge like show it like was very successful <laughs> Right. I think they did like a reality TV spinoff as well. Yes. Yeah, like, that's right. Yeah. Billie Eilish's brother was on that. No, like I, I just remember like reading. Something uh, about I didn't yeah, know I that. So. He <laughs> oh was like on God. that reality TV or like he wow. wanted to be and he didn't get on. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a really that's strange. strange. Well, um, I was, strange. as I was rewatching it, I really like picked up on this like archetypal good versus evil battle that's going on in the show between like the <laughs> between like all the people who are not a part of the glee club you know like sue sylvester is like out to destroy the glee club through like nietzsche and will and then you know in the glee club it's almost like this safe haven like almost like angelic place to be for them mm -hmm. and I, I and you know i just i I felt like that was mirroring so much of like what's going on happening online today almost you know like people who like uh just want to uh trash any like pure joy that anybody 
is has you know and I think like the vibe shift you know that has happened recently like that's where I'm at right now where I've just like opened myself up to so like pure joy and just like going to being a Greek to being a Greek because the the plaque at the 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 old choir director her name was Lillian Adler and Mm -hmm. on the the plaque it says by its very definition glee is about opening yourself up to joy and the final episode sue like uh, is giving a speech in the auditorium that's being dedicated to finn and she says like that's something that i didn't realize like that Mm -hmm. is that and that is the most brave thing that you can do is to just open yourself up to to pure joy Mm yeah yeah it's very cute. It <laughs> is so cute. But yeah, like, there's like cute. I, I will say like there's a little bit of iron. Like the show is incredibly ironic. And I think it's like, there are all of those like, very cute, very sincere moments. But I always thought that it was kind of funny that all of these characters like claim like this is the only space where we can like be ourselves and like have fun. But a large majority of the drama and the emotional turmoil that all of these characters like experience um are rooted in the in the glee club um and not necessarily you rarely do like experience like characters that are maybe outside of the convention of the glee club um from what i can recall i guess but um i do i do really have, i always appreciated the those like very cute and sincere moments um for me like the i guess like the um writing is like really what has always made it like so good because it's so um, mature and explicit um, and it's very strange and then that is like another another level of irony to it that it is like a very like cute and adolescent kind of uh, you know convention that it exists in but at the same time it's incredibly dirty <laughs> it's like such yeah. a dirty show and right. like that is what really makes it entertaining I think is that sort of uh you know, a stark difference between being very cartoonish and childlike and being like so extremely dirty. Like this show is essentially like South Park to me, I think, when I watch it. Yeah, it does have that vibe. No, it does. Right. I, think I think there's just a really clear shift between like the first two seasons into the third. Yeah. I think the third season kind of really stands out among all the other ones because oh, yes. it's the most mm-hmm. sincere one out of them. That is it's true. the one where they all like come out that's the one where they graduate that's the one there where their dreams start to come true that's the yes. one they like, don't go into college like you know look all those things happen in the third season and then by the fourth again it like shifts into just being yes. this like cartoonish it, it does it, yeah, it feels like an alternate universe like the last three right? seasons feel like they're from an alternate universe like a twin peaks it's the return so kind strange. of thing right <laughs> that's so true i think the sixth season is kind of like very similar to the first season in terms mm-hmm. of how it's sane and just like I don't know I'm just thinking of that one scene from the sixth season where Sue uh traps what's his name Kurt and Blaine in the elevator and there's yeah. just like uh <laughs> creepy ass doll in, in it and she's like cheering them on so they will make out and get back together <laughs> it's just completely crazy that like that exists so yeah it, be- it becomes more surreal as the seasons go Wait. And, the, and the, the musical numbers become campier. Like season four is where we get Sue as 
Nicki Minaj singing super bass. Okay. Yes. Oh, it, yeah. <laughs> it, it like it evolves into the snowball of being like more and more insane, introducing more strange out of pocket pop songs that like don't belong at all. And like, it gets more and more inappropriate and strange and like otherworldly, like as the um, seasons like progress, like, and I honestly, I really respect the ambition because it, it like nobody, a lot of it like does it, it makes it so it makes so much like nonsense, so nonsensical that it kind of works. Um, but it is crazy that it was as successful as it was. Um, do you remember that? Okay. Do you remember that one uh, episode where it's, is it when um, Kurt comes out or Finn says, uh, he says the word faggot, but he says it in the scene. He says, oh, well, I don't want to be wearing this faggy shirt. And it was like such a huge that's, deal. That's but the, the way he said it. That's episode, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but the way he said it, I thought it was always like so weird and funny and like not in a way like Finn just basically like went like, oh, I don't. I, I hate all of this like faggy whatever and it was like such a this faggy pillow I think yeah he said and it, it was, was like a, it such was a, a huge deal like <laughs> seriously it was like so dramatic like I forget what happened after that scene but it was I remember watching it and it was like a huge huge deal that he said that in front of Kurt I think, <laughs> I think he said it about a lamp because of yes the <laughs> It's about a lamp. And then uh, like Kurt's father kicks him out, right? And there's yes. this like, yes, whole dramatic yeah. thing where it's like, yes. oh, maybe I'm not actually going to marry your mother because you like hate my gay son and blah, 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 all of yeah. that. And then the future seasons, like when, um, well, actually in the episode that's like dedicated to Finn, like when, when the mm -hmm. actor died. The quarterback. And they're like, yeah, the quarterback. They're like standing in Finn's room going through mm -hmm. his stuff and somebody like, says something about the lamp and uh Kurt's dad goes on this whole rant where he's like yes. I know he didn't mean it when he said it yes yeah. I remember that this like, oh my and god and it was like so dramatic at first but yeah it's just interesting Kurt's dad like... is amazing he's oh, like yeah. he's the, he the cutest he was yeah. the cutest like guy on that show I, I would just like to say, like, I am um, very suspicious about this show only because I know, like, for a fact, like, it is haunted. I feel like it has some kind of <laughs> nefarious vibe only because, like, uh, so uh, what's the actor who plays Ben? He's dead. He died. The yes, Cory Monteith, yeah, Cory Monteith, mm. rest in peace, he's dead. Um, that one guy who played the other uh, football, Mark Mark yes, Alley. he puck. is like a, yeah, Puck, he's like a sex offender, I guess, or something yeah, he happens was with charged that. charged with sex, uh, pedophile, uh, having like child pornography, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. and then he committed suicide. Yeah, and then um, Leah Michelle is like, uh, basically like a, an incredible like powerful like spiritual like demon being who's like insanely talented and um also like put her uh funny girl uh like dreams and aspirations into existence um and i don't like she just scares me <laughs> um and, and yeah Naya rivera yes and yeah. so naya rivera yes also rest in peace which was tragic i swear to god like this show is like cursed essentially because it does give me it basically like this the seasons it feels like the, like the seven like levels of hell like dot like <laughs> <laughs> the divine comedy or something like that because it really does feel like that it was very uh 
yeah, I don't, I don't know. Something about glee. I'm like always afraid of it a little bit, even though like it is so good. I'm like, I don't want to be cursed. <laughs> I mean, it's, I think that's the case with all Ryan Murphy productions, to be honest. Yeah. Like there is something so deeply evil about them. Mm-hmm. They are good. They're super yeah. entertaining. They're fun to watch, but there's something just so, I think it's because he like has no respect for um, like people, like real people. Like, you know how like American mm-hmm. Horror Story has all these like different subplots about like actual like real serial killers and school right. shooters and mm-hmm. like all of that and then there is American Crime Story where he's just like basically making money off of like dead people and their stories and then yeah Lee a true is artist <laughs> a true I know <laughs> he is yeah. yeah I mean you have to be a little bit evil to like yes. make something good out of it but yeah. I think with Glee it's just the fact that it's supposed to be this thing completely devoid or of any real like substantial darkness and somehow Mm -hmm. it's the darkest one out of all of them yeah and it's literally called glee like it's supposed to be pure and sincere but out of yeah all of the pride out of all of his projects it's the most cursed and um it's the i feel like it is the one that is the most divorced from having any kind of sympathy for any of uh, characters anything that was going on in culture it really was like so ambitious and balls to the wall and it was the absolute like every single episode was like the director's cut essentially because like every time that there was like a sincere moment it would be undercut by like uh, a, a joke that undermined that sincerity almost you know like there, it was a very yeah. like self-aware show um, and that's the thing about Ryan Murphy is like, I feel like he is very like red pilled and like, uh, because like he, he um, will like, m- like make jokes that like of people like using their identity to like get what they want, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like, it was very self-aware and ahead of its time. Yes. So yeah. he like, he had the sense to like do that and make fun of it. Mm-hmm. And then like the show itself caused people to like, like talk about constantly talk about their identity and like use it against other people you know right yeah like on one hand I think it introduced a whole generation of kids to like identity politics Mm -hmm. and just like you know like kind of yeah your identity being sort of the focal point of your whole existence Mm -hmm. but at the same time I think a lot of those jokes I mean I can say for a fact that when I was a kid watching it, I didn't get any of the jokes. Like mm-hmm. I did not get the whole like Sue calling Kurt porcelain all the time. Mm-hmm. Like all these <laughs> things just completely like, you know. I, oh my gosh. Yeah. I think yeah, like, when you're yeah. younger and you're watching it, like sometimes you don't have like that extra like built upon context and language to understand like irony in that way, you know? I don't know. Right. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of like, it kind of feels like, I guess you're right. Like, it's meant to be an adult show about kids rather than a kid's show about kids. Yeah. It's kind of like as if you, if if you were to show a bunch of kids, like, beyond the Valley of the Dolls and yeah. tell them to take it seriously, mm-hmm. like, they would walk away feeling very confused about, like, mm-hmm. its message, if there is any. I mean, not mm-hmm. that there has to be a message, but, you know. Right. Yeah. Glee is like Valley of the Dolls if it was, like, funny and like entertaining on some level I think um I don't know but I I just enjoyed like looking back at and like juxtaposing like things that are like very um 
censored today. Like a lot of jokes, a lot of sequences and the scenes, like it feels like something you could not make today at all or something that would not be greenlit today. It was sort of a show that could only exist in like this one tiny enclave of time. <laughs> um, yeah, the pilot, the pilot is like uh, a work of art. Like it's truly it like is. one of pilot the best. Is incredible. One of the best pilots of any television show ever. Wait, wait, was that the was the pilot the one where um Kurt uh wait where Mer Mercedes has a crush on Kurt? And then she says, or is that, no, that the is the first seat. That is the, the first, first season. season. That's the yeah. one I always remember because Mercedes has a crush on Kurt, which is hilarious. Because when I was in high school, like I would always like fall in love with guys who turned out to be gay. Mm. Um, so maybe that that is like so, that's what made the show <laughs> such a powerful like conduit for um, theater kid fandom because it the subject matter like revolved around those uh the scenes and situations it hit close that to you, home yeah. it hit close to home I guess yeah I, I guess I kind of dropped off um watching it after like the fourth once they went they got they went to New York and it just became like a little too melodramatic it was too much, yeah. it was too much and it was yeah. became like I don't know it wasn't a good uh, balance of like irony and sincerity like and also it just got too popular I almost like didn't like I didn't enjoy it seeing getting like seeing it getting as popular as it got because they were like everywhere like you could not escape the show essentially you forget like it really was like everywhere right which is so interesting considering the fact that like most of those actors didn't really do anything after Glee it's like weird. no except for yeah. Leah Michelle who's now gonna be funny yeah <laughs> I mean she like auditioned for it for like six years of she course did. she's gonna get it Basically, yeah. yeah and her character also was had the same narrative that she wanted she's all, always wanted to be in funny girl like, her whole life her whole life and is like memed it into existence so I maybe like Glee was just like the vehicle that well yes this comes back to my conspiracy theory that Glee was the vehicle for Ryan Murphy to use uh, Leah Michelle to meme Funny Girl into existence so he could sell the rights to the show and upsell it so that it's sold. Now it's revived. Anyways, I, I do, yeah, I do believe, yeah, it's very strange. And like all of the actors like never did anything after that. Um, it's very really a sad. lot of them, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of them, like, they're all these, like, podcast episodes um, all over the internet, because, like, every single person on Glee now has a podcast, That's from so what sad. I understand, <laughs> and they, like, go to each on each other's podcasts all the time, and they all really hate Leah Michelle, and they, yes. like, won't stop talking about how much yes. they hate her, and how she was, like, incredibly difficult to work with, mm -hmm. how Brian Murphy basically only wanted her in, like, every scene, and they didn't, mm -hmm. they didn't care about anybody else, and well, which is again, really interesting because it's the same thing with Rachel and Mr. Schuster. Like yep. yeah. she is in everything yes. all the time. It was autobiographical. <laughs> almost. Isn't, it, yeah. isn't it interesting how like when in that first episode, Rachel put her star behind her name and then it burns up in a, in a flash, you know, it, mm. it was like mm -hmm. very like hearkening to like satanic imagery almost. That's mm -hmm. true. Yeah, it mm -hmm. is. <laughs> Yana, um, why do you is. think why do you think like theater kids are so neurotic? Well, I mean, I think 
it's kind of like the whole thing with like culture of narcissism as well, right? Like I think when mm. your world revolves around you, you can't help but be super obsessed with every little detail of your life because there's nothing else that you can focus on because you're everything to you, if mm. that makes sense. Right. So I think it's kind of like, I think with theater kids, like with any kind of art or, you know, any sort of performance, like you have to be an incredibly self-centered person to be able to pull it off. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you are so self-centered, then that you're just automatically neurotic because you're just in your head because mm-hmm. you're like the focal point of your existence. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. And I, I think uh, because of the subject matter, ha- being as performative as it is, uh, it um, exhibits in- itself in a very like pre- it projects so much and it just comes off as like so potent um because like we i i went to like uh, school with like um other like art school kids that i always thought were like way more cool and chill like i loved hanging out with but i was in orchestra i played the cello when i was in high school and like we were like theater kids of our own kind but we were like chill because as a when you play in an orchestra you just like sit there and like are stoic and like there's no like tap dancing or like yelling or screaming um and like hanging out with theater kids it's more like we have to like sing everything and like be very detail oriented and like it's more talky it's a lot of chatter is happening <laughs> um yeah but, I feel like um, I was such a like a rare breed of a theater kid because I was also like watching like Fran Lebowitz videos all the time mm-hmm. in, in high school and I, and I think like that was always like making me very pessimistic and and then also like I had my own kind of like uh Rachel Berry in my school mm-hmm. and I was always just like I don't want to be like that so I was actively like trying to avoid like being like I'm like full of myself or something like that like I was like totally like mm-hmm. afraid of being that way. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think being overly cautious is like a sign of being self-centered as well, just like in a different way. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, I mean, that's, I think Glee's interesting in that way as well, because yeah, you've got Rachel, but then you've got other characters who are definitely just as performative as she is, but they Mm -hmm. are kind of more reserved about it, but you can Mm -hmm. just tell, you know, even like curtain stuff, like the curtain Blaine dynamic, I think is really interesting Mm -hmm. because Blaine is like the, the Rachel of the relationship, but you know, Right. Yeah. What do you I guys was... think about the whole? Oh, sorry. Go oh, for it. No, you're you're totally fine. I was just gonna say that I always thought uh, Rachel was a very aspirational character because even though um, the whole show like posits her as the most annoying and like the mean, like popular girl, I was like kind of like aspired to like be and act like her only because I'm like, oh, like I wish I could have that much confidence in my talents I wish I was just so confident that I was narcissistic right. about it and I didn't care about what anybody else thought you know Rachel is like Madonna yeah like, oh yes. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. The archetype. yeah but what what were you gonna say <laughs> um no I was just gonna ask you guys if you think that um because Glee like the current Blaine relationship and Glee I remember that being like a big thing on Tumblr as well mm-hmm. and it kind of started a lot of like the sort of uh gay shipping uh, the straight girls yeah. on tumblr did what do you guys think about the whole what do you guys think about the gay representation on glee i mean it's definitely like a human rights campaign version of of, of <laughs> gay representation <laughs> and glad media but um i think it's i think 
they're kind of like very plastic in how they how they interact with each other but they can be like very cute mm -hmm. you know in sentimental way you know you know yeah, they're how... like cutesy sorry oh, no, you're... <laughs> you're fine. um i was just gonna say um you know how like in japan they have that one subgenre of uh manga i think it's called like boys love and uh -huh. the main demographic for that is like young teenage straight teenage girls i think um we sort of like had our own version of that with the gay relationships that were played out in the show and were like blogged about online and most of the blogging came from like young teenage women who sort of like saw the show and the gay relationships between men the young men is like something very novel and adorable um and like uh erotic but also like mothering and like sexual way um so i feel like that relationship between Blaine and Kurt was sort of like a boy's love situation where you just like had huge and like massive like teenage girls like obsessing over them um and being like the huge like it was a huge selling point of the show essentially and I didn't sure. find Blaine like when I first watched Glee I thought Blaine was like the cutest thing ever and then re-watching it like he's so cheesy and tacky to me and I didn't find him like I find Darren Chris attractive but mm -hmm. like him in this show I thought was just like so like straight acting like soy boy kind of cheesy and I just couldn't take it anymore mm -hmm. right but I I do think that like some of the elements were definitely like a little data like we don't you know it's a little too much <laughs> it is sure. a little it's heavy-handed for sure they yeah, really yeah, pour that shit on like syrup like it feels so like gushy and gooey it's very like soap opera kind of right a little bit. i mean i love that about ryan murphy shows though like yeah. the soap opera element of it but i think it is a little like too cutesy like poster gay like yeah a little you know? yeah. yeah that's when the sincerity kind of like really like a went over yeah. the edge but that was like that that kind of uh piece of the pie operated in its benefits because man those girls were really going wild with the the gifts the you know well, the and, blogs and, you know yeah and gay marriage like like there was such a force behind them too like a political force too like the gay marriage hadn't even been mm -hmm. passed yet um and so like that you know to, that was like animating a lot of the, that storyline i feel like do you especially remember in the later seasons. true do you remember when there was a school shooter in one of the episodes oh yeah season four. Oh yeah <laughs> that was incredible okay that one just really honestly i i was not even i remember watching that and i'm like you know i don't I think i'm growing out of this a little bit because i was just confused i was like what and, is going on <laughs> and it turned out to be becky she accidentally fired a gun <laughs> becky the girl with down syndrome yeah yeah yeah, but I mean, Ryan Murphy does love a school shooting. He just loves like, yeah. putting them into his stuff. <laughs> yeah, he, lo he loves putting <laughs> For children no in danger. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever uh, see the show Popular that he did? No, I don't think I have. It came out in the 90s and I haven't seen it all the way through, but I've seen clips of it and it's hilarious. And Jane Lynch was on it. Oh my God. <laughs> what is it about? I oh, I have to watch it. Yes. This is crazy. Because <laughs> I've been sent clips from it and it's hilarious. 
is it like Glee before Glee existed? Yeah, it was the first draft. Yeah, the first draft. Of first Glee. draft. Yeah. I remember he did this other show. Um, it only ran for like a season. I was called something like uh, The New Normal or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was basically a show about him and his non-existent or like his husband, like a, like a, an alternate version of his husband who was like yes. a gynecologist. And they like hire a surrogate who has like uh, a mother, no, who has a grandmother that is only like 10 years older than her or something. It's like this really bizarre situation. Yeah. And then the Ryan Murphy character has basically it takes place during the course of him like filming Glee. So he has this show about like high school, like musical cheerleader, or whatever that he's filming on the side. It's a really bizarre show. Like I just oh remember gosh. that that exists as yeah, well. Cause it was, it was on NBC, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's his name? The one who played um, Hannah's gay ex-boyfriend in Girls. Oh, was... Andrew Reynolds. Oh yeah. Right, right. He played Brian Murphy in that show. Or like. Wow. Oh my god! I literally saw Andrew Reynolds at the bar at Into the Woods. Wait, really? Yeah. Did you? T- I don't think you told me this. <laughs> yes, oh and I—I I mean, I didn't talk to him because he was getting a drink, and I. Yeah. And I whenever I see a, a famous person, I like get very like shy yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't want to bother but mm-hmm. yeah he was he was at the bar and I was like oh my god it's Elijah I know that's <laughs> how I think Price. of him too. I know I'll never not think of Andrew Reynolds as um Elijah yeah yeah his he was best work oh, so good yeah he's great um, also, speaking of irony, there in I think it's like the second episode of the first season when they're singing Sit Down Your Rock in the Boat. And Artie says, I think Mr. Shu is using irony to enhance the performance. And Rachel says, There's nothing ironic about show choir. Seriously. <laughs> that came straight from uh, Ryan Murphy's like ge- genius brain because it's basically like underscores like what the whole show is about essentially yeah right yeah (laughs) no I mean um, the first couple of episodes of the first season are just incredible like they really set the tone for the rest of the series they're just like so concise and perfect like Mm -hmm. everything like the whole like Quinn getting pregnant and convincing Finn that it was from them like being in a hot tub together oh I forget about that that is like an insane story. What about like Mr. Schuster's wife, like um, Terry faking her pregnancy? Yes. Terry, yes. yeah, yes. Terry, like faking her pregnancy and him not finding out for like seven months. Like it's just insane. There's yeah. something about like mirroring in this show because like Finn and Mr. Shu mirror each other, mm-hmm. and Terry and uh, Quinn mirror each other, and mm-hmm. I feel like Rachel and April Rose, Kristen Chenoweth's character, mirror each other. Yes, and yeah. right. and the 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 journey motif, you know, of like how mm-hmm. they're each generation. Um, <laughs> so there's there's like something there, but I can't formulate how it, what it is yet. But I feel like there's something about mirroring and like each generation going through and trying to like do something and fix something or you know I think what's really interesting about like the show as well that it kind of starts off I mean it does have this like really campy tone to it and it's like very ironic obviously and kind Mm -hmm. of like South Park like but Mm -hmm. at the same time it is kind of like 
sort of realistic about how things work in life to a certain mm-hmm. extent like you know like Mr. Shu wanting to like get out of Ohio and become a like a Broadway, a Broadway star yeah. but yes yeah by him being like super talented and doesn't work out for him he has all these other people that he was in school with who are like were even more talented and they also didn't make it and there's this kind of like pressure like part of the reason why like Sue is like so against Glee Club right it's like that she doesn't want those kids dreams to be crushed and she like mm-hmm. like wants them to think about more realistic options and stuff mm-hmm. and then by the end of like the second uh, the sixth season it's like com- it goes completely off the rails right like they all become famous they all marry mm-hmm. each other they like all you know like um what is it the school gets turned into like a, a fine art, art school like a perform- yeah. Yeah, fine arts yeah. performance school Mr. Shu becomes a uh, principal like it goes kind of like off the rails completely and it just like really reminds me of kind of like the arc that Gossip Girl had as well and mm-hmm. it came out around the same time like I think the first season of Gossip Girl came out in like 2007 so right before the recession and it mm-hmm. had this like really serious like class conscious tone to it yeah and then the recession happened and it just went completely off the rails into like fantasy land about like you know like suddenly all the characters who were meant to be like um show the evils of capitalism and like Mm -hmm. you know like whatever nepotism or suddenly Mm -hmm. like the main characters and all the kids that you were supposed to root for in the first season are like evil and like turn out to be gossip girl and whatever else and it has like a really similar kind of tone where I think it's just like because of the times and like the post-recession kind of like doomerism, it just mm-hmm. went into this complete like fantasy land of like, oh, actually, you know, it's not that dreams don't come true. Actually, everyone's dream is going to come yes. true one way or another. And like, and if it doesn't, it's just, it's not the right dream. And like, it, it just, it's, I mean, it's, it makes for interesting viewing, but it's wow. just. That is so true because like the first kind of two seasons of Glee, at least the first two seasons um, you know, do this very delicate balance of the uh, lessons that the characters learn is all about sort of balancing what is practical with what is aspirational. And as the show like progresses and moves along, it just explodes into something that is a fantasia of a turn of events that's unrealistically aspirational that you can't look away and it's um so over the top and outlandish that like you have no choice um and you we want to like feel like that aspirational feeling and yeah I think you're right. totally right about Gossip Girl like when I first started watching Gossip Girl um I felt like that same sort of like self-serious way when I was watching it I was like taking it really seriously um and then as the storylines like you know evolved um, it became more and more unrealistic, even more aspirational, like action-packed than I had originally experienced it when it first started. Um, so yeah, I think that, I think you're definitely absolutely right about that for sure. Um, Season four of Glee kind of like it, it made me the most uncomfortable because right. of because of the like they're going they're constantly going back to their high school like that after right. they graduated like that that yeah once they graduated I really was that, like, like yeah that it made that me yeah I don't know why it made me un- yeah I don't know why it right. made me uncomfortable either but I was like I well because know. it has this like interesting like idea that you know like how people are always like oh you know you either peak in high school or you peak after high school and there's mm. kind of like, no in between yes. and Glee really tries to prove to you that you can peak in high school and you can peak later in life and mm-hmm. actually like if you perform and you do it in the arts you're peaking all the time yeah. like lightning doesn't know. strike the same place twice 
or whatever right I guess yeah <laughs> that's so terrifying <laughs> well yeah because yeah. it's I mean it's impossible to feel because when you're in high school and like you're surrounded by people who are at their peak you think that they are going to leave and become incredibly successful similarly when they graduate but it's usually never how that happens ever <laughs> um yeah I would like to say my favorite uh, like guest artist on the show was Gwyneth Paltrow. I oh thought she oh, yeah. looked, looked amazing, incredible dancer, like singer, maybe. I don't know. She sounded fine, but I just loved her performance. I think she was an incredible addition, especially when the show was in like a very, this like very strange uh, postgraduate place. Um, she just sort of like made this, the show into something like completely different almost. Like it just felt like a new show once Gwyneth Paltrow like, was she a character. Was so yeah. She was very fun. Yeah. She, I mean, she really has the it factor. Like you can see mm-hmm. it, you know, she is yeah. the. Yeah. And she's married to like Brad Balchek, right? Who's like the yeah. guy that Ryan Murphy works with? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She is. Yeah. So she's going to yeah. the dinner party. It's, yeah. It's right. all part yeah. of the repertoire. Yeah. 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 She's in the I mean, scene. He, I feel like everyone is part of like Ryan Murphy's crew in a way. Like he's like, like he has his degrees. <laughs> yeah. Like he's like somehow connected to like everybody. Like mm-hmm. he has everyone. Yeah. Even us, he has us in his, he in did, his he has, yeah. <laughs> I mean, truly, I feel like everything that has happened with culture, like since Glee and like American Horror Story and all of these like shows came out, is partially like his fault. Yeah. Like I, oh, yeah. I think he's had so one true. of the most profound impacts on culture of like anybody in the last 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Did you see the Andy yeah. Warhol doc that he did recently? I only watched like half of the first episode. I could not. I'm a huge fan of like the Andrew Warhol diaries. I could mm-hmm. not get through the documentary. Yeah, I thought it was, it was kind of boring. Yeah, I just watched rough. it and I was like, I can't. Uh, I didn't walk away with any like. And new. it does all the like horrible things that you expect in like contemporary documentary with like uh, like it's... like the sins of the, of the artist and having to atone for them and all mm-hmm. that type of stuff yeah right doesn't it also suggest that he was like trans or something like i remember people like having a whole discourse oh, on yeah. a little bit yeah, yeah it kept on having like this queer like theory lens to it yeah and it was like andy warhol didn't need queer theory to understand his life you know like yeah catholicism yeah. his catholic upbringing probably speaks more to him than right. you know any kind of queer theory yeah that right. was like the hermetic like lens by which it was sort of made um but i don't know like he i mean the, well, the reason why he's such a good his output is like so profound is because he's made so much shit and all all of it is honestly like not the best like some of it like does not like kind of like misses the marker is not like great some are better than others um but the ones that are good like are so good and like it's not um there's a reason why like the glee lasted as long as it did and like american horror story is like a huge franchise and that's like has lasted as long as it did and um yeah so i'm like take notes and it's always like these shows that like people make fun of for like being huge followers of um but that's the only way to do it (laughs) no right no I mean he's a true artist like when you watch Ryan Murphy production you know you're watching a Ryan Murphy show you Mm -hmm. know 
it's like he has his mark right it's very yeah. maximalist like he's a very modernist artist mm-hmm. oh, in yeah. a way yes which is definitely something that a lot of people lack nowadays like he has this like sort of yeah almost like reindian like you know yeah yeah, output it, and work ethic it does feel yeah. like a sort of a hyper realism because i'm thinking like oh is it post pomo postmodern? is it modern is it realism but it does it has sort of a little bit i mean especially i'm glee especially has like to me it has like sort of like the strange like hyper real uh quality about it something about the resolution and like the movements and yeah. the editing and because yeah. the last song right. that they ever perform on the show is I lived by one Republic and it's very like bare and they're all <laughs> all the all the cast members are coming and that have been in the glee club and that's kind of why like I don't necessarily believe in the glee curse because I'm just like mm. when you see that scene like you realize just like how many actors were on this show and it's like okay well some of them were bound to like get into trouble at some point in their life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a, the reality for most actors is that they usually don't work. They'll have like, most actors like have like one like gig that they'll always remember like this was something I'm like super, super proud of. And everything after that sort of this like second fiddle to like their glee career or like the one character when they were featured on this franchise or like their one recurring character gig that they got. Um, And it's, to me, it's like very relatable because all of these, and sad, it's kind of strange that like you can access these people on their podcasts um, and sort of access, and even uh, Naya Rivera's book, like you can really access sort of like what they were going through as actors because they're working people and like working like, living a very like strange like extraordinary like uh unique situation but um their journey is like very kind of mundane like matter of fact like everyone just like has a gig that like goes really well and then you move on to your next phase in life i really wanted to listen to the audiobook of naya rivera's book because she reads it and I just I wanted to have that experience because I don't know it would have felt like she was like coming down from the heavens mm-hmm. to speak to me in a way and maybe I still will listen to it but I haven't gotten around yeah. to it but she really goes in on like uh Rachel or mm-hmm. Leah Michelle mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I mean they all yeah they all hated her for mm-hmm. I mean I'm guessing for a good reason yeah, but I res- I listened to this one like um, extract from the audiobook on YouTube where she was talking about um, the actor who played Finn and like how they were all kind of aware of his drug struggles and stuff mm-hmm. and how like actually him getting together with Leah Michelle was like really good for his um, mental health and like performance and he was like visibly happy when they started dating and stuff so that was like oh, the yeah you could feel that too like yeah i believe that they definitely love each other absolutely yeah but that makes total sense but even in like season four like because that's the season before finn died you see or cory monteith dies you see that he like stops being in a lot of the episodes towards the end Mm -hmm. and that's why like season four kind of has like a weird uh breaking point it ends with uh mr shu and uh, emma getting married and then but then season five just picks up right where they left off and it just it feels uh, inconclusive and weird Mm -hmm. 
Right. And then, I and think then, it also feels a little, oh, sorry. No, go sorry. ahead. Go ahead. It just feels a little strange as well because it's like Glee's like this, especially towards the end, is like this fantasy, like, you know, like the basically like the ultimate fantasy of like a theater kid where, right. you know, everyone, everyone's dreams come true and you can just sing around with your friends from high school and everything just feels like Glee Club all over again. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, like suddenly there's like death in it and it just feels strange because it's like, mm-hmm. well, how how can someone like go ahead and die and just like yeah. perfect fantasy like campy um postmodern world yeah. yes and it makes you wonder like what the ending of the show would have been had finn still lived right you probably what, completely different what yeah like him and rachel probably would have gotten married but then mm-hmm. she ended up with jesse st james i think Right, which actually mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Like, I thought they were a good couple. I they they, they were much more sense as a couple. Yeah, they were both divas. Like, they sort of like Jesse St. James, like Rachel, kind of deserved each other. Like, they're both kind of like pretty boys, you know? Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess yeah, they yeah. were like kind of like the same in a way, but like different just enough that they could work. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Rachel got her Tony. More- yeah, she did. I like I skipped over a lot of like season four and season five, to be honest. And I remember there was like an arc where she like goes to Hollywood, right? And she's like in a weird show called Rachel in New York or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like and then it turns out to be like the worst show on television. And then she has like to then she has to move back to Ohio and like then she runs the glee club for a while. I skipped over a lot of those episodes. Yeah. Like yeah. I do not. That's remember yeah, that's what when happened. I stopped watching too. Cause I was like, this is too much. Like and I Kate can't. Hudson was on season four. Oh, I forget. And she was about yeah. That. yeah, and she was supposed to be like this mean dance teacher. But can Kate Hudson really dance? And can she be really mean or I don't know? I don't know. No. I mean, it looks a little ridiculous, like when she is acting mean. Like she has such a nice face, you know. She yeah, has, like, she face yes. supposed to be nice. Yeah, she's so and she's bright. Just, like, she is, yeah, and she's just like walking around being mean. I don't think she ever dances. I think she just walks around and makes people dance. I think that's yeah. how they like got around the whole. Yeah, she yeah. moves. I do remember that she they moves. like picked yeah, her up a, a lot. Mover. Yeah, they picked her up a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, and Sarah yeah. Jessica Parker also guest starred on season four as like Kurt's boss at Vogue. Right, the weirdest story. Do you remember? Yes. Do you remember when they sang the song "Let's Have a Kiki" that one episode? Yes. And yes. I yes. think it about that every Loki day, time. and I'm like, "Oh, Her promises, God. promises." Oh yeah, and Shangela was did. in that. Oh yeah, mm. I mean everyone was in Glee at some point. Like there were so many famous people. Yeah. For no, for no reason. Well, I Matt mean, Bomer played. Oh yeah, Blaine's oh, yeah. brother. <laughs> and they and didn't I think that's when Blaine sings. No, Blaine sang cough syrup to Kurt. <gasps> okay, that's when like Karofsky was about to like kill that's, himself. That's that's one of my okay. That's one of my favorite <laughs> songs that was featured on because he. His voice sounded really good on that song. Darren Chris has such a good voice. I've seen him yes. play Hedwig on Broadway, and he was really good in that. Yeah. And he was shirtless. Does anyone have a, I was going to say, does anyone have a standout like song that like you remember? Like I have a couple favorites. I really enjoyed when Kristen Chenoweth sang Maybe This Time from Cabaret. That's one I always yes. think about. 
any standout. I, um, I do like Kristen's cover of uh, her and Mr. Shoesing Fire by Bruce Springsteen in the roller rink. And I remember really liking mm-hmm. that one. And I also really liked uh, Adina Menzel's cover of Funny Girl. Mm. Oh, I like that too. Yeah. I yeah. play it in the car sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aw, I really liked when Naya Rivera did um, Smooth Criminal. I think it was like in the third mm. season. Yeah. That's when they like got into the weird, bizarre like Michael Jackson um, fight with the Warblers. And then I think it was yes. Sebastian who yeah. like, threw like a slushy, a blame, but it had like sand in it. He like yeah. almost blinded him. <laughs> and then I remember like everyone was like talking about how he was going to like have to wear an eye patch. And then like three, like three episodes later, he like shows up without one. Right. <laughs> the, I feel like, like Ryan Murphy obviously does this a lot on his shows where like he'll get so ahead of himself and like super maximalist and like the story will suffer for it and Mm -hmm. I think like his tribute episodes like were that kind of um and Mm -hmm. but I remember like when uh the power of Madonna episode in the first season Mm -hmm. was about to air like that like a major deal like I remember reading a a magazine that was a good one in the dentist office yeah. <laughs> and I was like oh my god like they're gonna do a Lady Gaga episode they're gonna do mm-hmm. a Madonna episode like this is crazy mm-hmm. and yeah. but then the story eventually would like peter off because mm-hmm. like they just got so involved with like the spectacle <laughs> of it yeah right but that's what makes it truly camp like yeah mm-hmm. really yeah. you know like they really went for it they, yeah. they're what they had this like maximalist vision sometimes <laughs> it worked out sometimes it didn't but you know they tried yeah I and it was at least really funny liked... <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> absolutely um I really liked the Sue uh cover of Vogue like, oh my god yeah that was, that was really incredible mm-hmm. that's great that was in the Madonna episode I remember when I watched it for the first time, um, the Lady Gaga, like when they did Born This Way, and they had yes. those like printed like graphic t-shirts. And I think Rachel said like nose. Oh yes. <laughs> what, what did uh, Naya Rivera said like Lebanese or something? Lebanese. Lebanese, yeah. yeah. Nose. Her t-shirt that was supposed to like be, it's just, yeah. Oh, that was, that that was, was I, great. I have a dream <laughs> that all of us like art dissident art podcasters will like get together and perform that number with like <laughs> with the t-shirts yes i'd like that's my like that's my like dream i want us all yeah. to get together and do that my t-shirt just says harry my yeah i feel like my t-shirt would say like quotes camille Paglia too much yeah oh like that. that's a cute one what would your yeah. t-shirt yeah. say yana I was just thinking about it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I guess my crime is that I stopped tweeting. So that's that's uh, a, that's not a crime. No. <laughs> it feels like one. <laughs> um, I uh, I always remember the songs I like really. I wanted to fast forward through so much. Like that that honestly were very funny. On though, uh, like. I remember when they had um, the episode where they get together and they drink all those wine coolers and then they sing blame blame it on the, alcohol. the alcohol. Yes, <laughs> that actually was really funny. And I think wasn't there another one where like 
Mark like saying like the thong song. Like there were always like those really out of pocket, like very famous. Toxic. Yes. Yeah, toxic. Yes. yes. That was such a good one. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. So like when the Mr. Schuster doing touch, touch, touch me, I used to be think that Matthew Morrison was like the cutest man ever. <laughs> but, but now when I watched it back, I was like, oh my God, like this is so bad. But I used to think it was like so hot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is something like, there is something sexy about him, but also something super off-putting. Yes, I don't know I think- what it is. I just always thought he was like, just a gay guy drama teacher that was like way too obsessed with his job yeah I think it's just like his like mix of like sentimentality and Mm. something else but I I can't I don't know so I just think about the whole sorry sorry (laughs) I was just gonna say I read um an article who's the girl um who plays Brittany what's her name oh uh Heather Heather I I read an article once that she the um the song like she always wanted to sing for her character to sing was part of your world from the little mermaid which would have been like perfect for her character but they never did it and I always think about it every time because it would have been like I feel like Britney should have gotten like more songs but she's more she's more of a dancer really but I feel like she needed a little bit more it might have been the Disney thing you know but now Disney owns Fox, so maybe if they revive yeah. Glee, they should. Yeah, they should. Yes, yeah, they should. I watch it. A hundred percent. No, definitely. Um, what do you guys think about the whole Mr. Shu being an inappropriate teacher discourse that happens now? I don't. I you know how like, people have like turned against him. They're like, well, actually, Sue was the real like hero of the story, and Mr. Shu was just like super inappropriate. I don't know. Like I always watched it. I always read it as like, he is inappropriate because he's like way too obsessed. He's like a lonely, uh, like isolated gay guy that is way too obsessed with his job and his students like doesn't have a social life outside of that. Um, Like it's inappropriate, not in a moral way. It's more inappropriate as like just a fact. Yeah statement of fact not a value <laughs> yeah because yeah, it just know. like doesn't look it just doesn't look good I guess like it's not yeah, aesthetically just, pleasing his, yeah. his whole demeanor is just not pleasing like he's just like I always awkward. felt I sympathized with this character I was like yeah. when I watch it I, I feel bad for him but I never like thought like he's like inappropriate he's very invested in the lives of his students and, like that's very um like very virtuous about him so I always like kind of felt bad for him that he's like very attached to his students but he's, but he's also, like so attached also, and like it, it's also a camp show and so like when he's singing like uh don't stand too close to me to Rachel in the <laughs> yeah. first season that's right yeah like that like you know that that's mm-hmm. like so it's just it, that it's, is part of the, it's part of the journey yeah I it guess is. it's right. part of the gag all right yeah <laughs> No, definitely. I just think it's really interesting how people have this like um, view of teacher student relationships now where they think that there should be like a really clear sort of 
um, moral code that exists of what mm-hmm. teachers can and cannot do and how they can like engage in a student's life and can't like I don't know there's just a lot of discourse about that like yeah. on TikTok and Twitter it's obviously a, it's a case-by-case basis because I have a friend who works as a drama teacher in like the Appalachian Mountains for like a government <laughs> like subsidized wow. uh, um, ele- not elementary middle school and he is like very attached to his students and like really genuinely cares about them. Um, but the only, it's a, truly is a case by case basis. And like these people who like do like work and then if you work in that field, you do have to like be very involved in their family lives sometimes because you interact with their parents constantly, you know, a lot about their home life. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it's just, it's truly like a case by case basis. You can't really like paint it with a, broad brush I guess um, right I mean yes nobody should be a touch I mean <laughs> that, that honestly was really funny I really enjoyed the Rocky Horror uh picture show episode yeah that episode is like the yeah. most unhinged <laughs> I just don't know why great. they made yeah. Mercedes uh Frankenfurter wasn't that as part of the storyline yeah yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it was supposed to be Mike Chang, but then his parents didn't allow him to do it. And uh, so she was like, okay. I can do it. I'm yeah, a star. Yeah, because yeah. like the, the fantasy was really going uh, in season two because like no high school is ever going to do Rocky Horror. Not in this day and age, at least. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. I think second season is probably the best one. I think mm-hmm. it's the one I enjoy the most personally. I think it has like some of the best music on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely does. And it's like, it's appropriately like sentimental, but not too kind of sentimental like season three is. Yeah. <sighs> right. The delicate balance. That was the nice thing about yeah. rewatching it was like going through, like back through the top 40 hits of the early 2010s. I was like, Oh yeah, I remember yeah. that song. I haven't heard that song in forever. So that was that was that was nice. Mm-hmm. And then also the fashion, like seeing Mercedes Ooh. in the like the that purple plaid that was so popular in the early 2010, late 2000s, early 2010s. Like that, I, I was like, I haven't seen that in mm-hmm. forever. <laughs> yeah. I, I like no, that the outfits- they, they commonly wear the same outfits like every other show, yeah. Like <laughs> or same variation. Yeah, they all have their own style. Yeah. 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 Like Rachel now is like what every like e-girl dresses. Yeah, it's like the 2010s version of like coquette, tweed, like Mio Mio, Dasha inspired. Yes. Like, mm. Yeah. No, it's great. The fashion is great. I think it's also just like, I was just thinking as you were like talking about like the music and stuff, I think the only show that kind of comes close to being um glee is riverdale mm. oh yeah like the later seasons of riverdale like i personally i watched the first se- the first season it was okay whatever but i didn't watch like any of the truly unhinged stuff but sometimes i'll like scroll through tiktok or something and i'll see like people talking about like the recent episodes and apparently they did an episode that was musical episode um where they did music from the american psycho musical oh my god (laughs) and it's just truly unhinged that's like such a deep cut (laughs) i love the american psycho musical have you listened to it no i really want to (laughs) it like it's like very like pop electronic dance Mm -hmm. music which is like such a rarity in the theater that you Mm -hmm. get like a musical like that Mm -hmm. 
and it's like very like poppy and just fun Mm -hmm. and obviously like psychotic yeah I had never watched Riverdale before but I hear um very commonly people have a extremely like similar similarly like sensation that they get they get out of Riverdale it's sort of a same same sort of idea like a very glee idea right I think Riverdale is supposed to be like a mix between glee meets like um Twin Peaks and there are a lot of like actors from the well the original seasons of Twin Peaks on Riverdale as well Mm -hmm. I think like Machen Amick who played um fuck what was her name Shelly um in um Twin Peaks is like a main character in Riverdale as well but yeah no it's just interesting that I think there are kind of like these um cultural moments Mm -hmm. well and it doesn't feel like we like there are like that many good teen shows anymore Mm There really aren't. I think the CW went bankrupt, right? Like they mm-hmm. don't make shows yeah. anymore. Like um, who else was there? I think CW was probably like the one that put out the most shows. Like Fox did Glee, and then ABC did um, The Pretty Little Liars. Mm-hmm. Oh There's yeah. Like a as well, now. well, I guess they're all coming back on like HBO Max, which now HBO Max is going under. Yeah, because Gossip yeah. Girl is back. Yeah. Gossip Girl is back. You know. Yeah, but I like HBO. Sucks. Like, I think HBO will like never not be good. Like, I've always been like a very like prominent like supporter of HBO because I think they actually even if the the shows that do suck that that come out of HBO and HBO Max like they're not the worst. Um, there's some like turkeys on there for sure, but I don't know. Yana, have you been following the funny girl controversy? <laughs> no, what's the controversy besides the fact that like Leah Michelle is playing the, the, yes. the lead role? So yes, I mean just um, that like that Beanie Feldstein was playing the role, and people think that Leah mm-hmm. Michelle like undermined her because Beanie Feldstein Ooh. couldn't mm-hmm. really like sing the role. Yeah, she, she mm-hmm. didn't get the best reviews. It was very sad. <laughs> I but thought honestly, she left like, to like film another movie or something. I, that's what I heard well that would be that would be much better because like the the news that is that she's like the word on the street is that it was because like the (laughs) the reviews were not great and she kept on getting covid and she caught her own contract short and then leah michelle like swoops in and like then they also like even like before she officially left the funny girl like they took her off of all of the like social media and everything. And um, yeah, it's very sus. And, um, but honestly, Leah Michelle looks great. And like some of the press for <laughs> the funny she girl, really she's going to do a great job. I mean, she's she really was born sell. to play it. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she really was. And Ryan Murphy knew it. And we and all knew it. Honestly, <laughs> Leah Michelle's dreams came true. They really did. Out of they everybody really else. Yeah. Like, <laughs> She's the only one. Like her dream literally came true over everybody else's. Have you guys seen? Sorry, sorry. Um, have have you guys seen the um Leah Michelle's audition for Glee? It's on YouTube. Yep, I've seen this. Yeah, a long time. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, she really is Rachel. It's like or what did she? What is she saying? I don't remember. 
but she doesn't remember what she said right no i don't think so okay good (laughs) yeah because she like fucks up and then she's like okay i'm gonna do it again and you all are gonna love it so it's gonna be amazing (laughs) oh (laughs) yeah yeah she like basically acts yeah she gets like pissed off because like the accompaniment is not right or like she something it's not going well so she stops it mid-song and and she's like okay we're gonna start from the top and we're you're you're all gonna absolutely love it and it's gonna be a perfect performance (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's a she's like a she's a performer she knows how to do it yeah yeah well any other thoughts on glee any good memories (laughs) any aspirations (laughs) (laughs) um I'm not sure. I mean, I had a lot of fun rewatching it. Like yeah. I did too. Sure. It, it really fun. brought me. It really brought me back to to my middle school, high school days. So mm-hmm. I experienced yeah. a lot of glee. Yeah, I mean, but really, truly, like what you have to do, like you have to open yourself up to everlasting joy. joy. Yeah. 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 Life is too short. And it's yeah, okay. And it's okay to have a dream and pursue it. Ugh. Oh my gosh, yeah. if I was Leah Michelle, honestly, only because I'm like crazy like this, and I would be like, man, like all my dreams came true, but at what cost? And I would just think about all the people who died. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I bet she does that. She I probably mean, she does. Dramatic enough. Yes. Yeah. I think about like who think about all the people who died just so Leah Michelle could achieve like her ultimate goal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, wow. maybe that is like the sacrificial, like yes. satanic Ugh. element of glee. Oh, well, right. Well, and like they, that's what kind of like what Sondheim talks about. Like, what are you gonna? I mean, what, what, how far will you go to pursue your dream? You know, and what will you do to get there? Mm-hmm. Who has to be thrown right. under the bus to get there? Who has to die? Oh, Who has God. to die? <laughs> so sad. So weird. Truly. Um, yeah. Well, RIP um, to those that we lost along the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like half uh, the cast of Glee. <laughs> yes. Um, um, any, where can people find you, Yana? Um, I guess Twitter, Instagram. You guys okay. can like link it in the yes, description. We will. <laughs> <laughs> to the All episode, right. but yeah. Thank you so much for being here, Thank Yana. Thank you so this much. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. All right, well, have a great rest of um, your night and um, we will see you on on the internet. The other, um, yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, see you on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, All right, well, end scene. Bye. End scene. Bye.